Welcome to the ABLE Podcast, where we open our throat chakras and discuss the cycles of life, transformative experiences, and cover the depths of individual spiritual journeys. I am your host, Courtney, the creator of ABLE Alchemy, where dreams and reality align. I am an intuitive brand designer and sound healer with a passion for bringing people together in community. Thank you for pressing play. Welcome to another episode of the ABLE Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and today we're going to be doing something a little different in a solo episode. I'm going to be answering some anonymous questions that came in through Instagram, and I'm really excited. A little of them, some of them are personal, some of them are about business, they're a little all over the place, and I'm excited to just answer some questions some of you guys sent in. I don't know how often I'll be doing episodes like this, but I thought it would be fun to just put some of these out there and um, share with you guys. So I hope you like it. Let me know. 
let's get started. One of the first questions that came in was, you've talked about journaling before. How did you get started? What resources do you recommend? And are there specific prompts that you followed? Great question. I love to talk about journaling. I got started started journaling when I was like a kid. I used to have like those journals with the little locks on them and would always be writing things down. It's probably the Scorpio in me. One of my favorite movies ever was Harriet the Spy and I loved to pretend that I was her so I would always be like spying around writing things in my journals. I wish I could find all of those old journals because I would love to get into little Courtney's brain but I I have no idea where they are. Um, I did stop journaling in high school though. I did not pick up journaling again until like later in college when I had started to go to therapy for a short period of time, the therapist actually recommended to me that I should be writing things down um, just to process everything I was going through, that it would help me like digest things and get feelings out of my head and onto paper. And so I picked journaling up again like later in college, but that didn't really last very long. And I wasn't like super open to the journaling process at that time. I still have some of those journals though. And it is really interesting to like look back on and see where I was during that time. Um, But I didn't really pick the journaling process back up until like I kicked off my spiritual journey in like 2019. That's when I really picked up a journal with the intention of not stopping And I actually started it with a dream journal. I was having so many weird dreams. And first thing in the morning, I would wake up and write everything down that I, that happened in my dreams that I could reflect on later. So that was interesting that that's how I actually started journaling. After that, I would wake up and the first thing I would write down was like all the nonsense that was in my head to kind of clear out mental space. And if you ever heard of the book, The Artist's Way, it's called Morning Pages and you wake up and you write everything down and you take up, you're supposed to take up three pages. And even if you can only fill up like one page, you just keep writing like anything that pops into your head until you fill up three pages and that's something that I found super helpful and I also like to end the day with gratitude I've talked about this before but just writing three things down that I was grateful for in the day and then that way I cap the day off with positivity instead of negativity and it kind of leaves the day on a good note and then I can go to bed happier and wake up happier but those are kind of the tools that I use now but when I started journaling more I loved the five minute journal I think that's just like such a good resource to start with and I actually recently got a new journal called manuscripting it's like a manifesting journal that I have heard really good things about. I haven't started it yet, but it's a much more structured journaled practice. So if you're looking for something more structured, I would recommend like a structured journal like that. 
and I can share that journal that would in the link in my bio just in case you're interested in something like that okay so the next question is what has been your lowest moment in motherhood and what about your highest okay so I'm gonna get real deep with you guys my lowest moment in motherhood would have to have been in the early stages like postpartum with Harper this was prior to me like beginning my healing journey I was like fresh in postpartum Harper was probably like three months old I was still experiencing like PTSD at this point and my hormones were all over the place but obviously I wasn't sharing that with anyone or (laughs) I kept that all to myself and um it did not reach for help from a professional or anything at this point but there are probably like three instances I can think of where I like emotionally could not regulate things that were going on in my head or my body and I would go out and like drink way too much like blackout and then come home and wake up the next morning and be like oh my god thank god like Chris was home to take care of the baby or like just feeling so irresponsible and like terrible in motherhood because I was like not handling my own emotions well enough and I talked about this in a recent podcast that I did with um Margaret and Jenny from Dear Future Self and I just talk about I've talked about like how those were like really big wake-up calls for me that something had to change uh in myself so that that was probably the worst moments of motherhood for me like my lowest points of just like having no self-worth and like treating my body so poorly and therefore it also affecting my family like it was so bad so that was definitely my lowest moments in motherhood and I would say my highest moments are like smaller moments that I've been within my healing journey. Moments that I can see like the work that I'm doing are actually sinking in and my kids are feeling it too and in their world. Like there are times when Harper feels super overwhelmed and she tells me that she needs to step away and take a few breaths and then she'll come back a couple minutes later and be like, okay, mom, like I... I'm better now. (laughs) I'll be like, wow, that's crazy. Like, I could not imagine doing that as a kid. Like, I don't know. It's just like little things that I'm doing. Or like if she wakes up super early and I'm journaling, like she will grab a piece of paper and like write stuff down next to me or ask me about journaling or like why I journal so it's definitely not I don't have like one highest moment in motherhood it's like all these little things that are adding up to these like small beautiful moments that have become my favorite because motherhood is like so hard and sometimes it's really hard to see the work that you're putting into yourself to see if it's actually like doing things for your family but then those small moments like bring tears to my eyes and I'm like oh wow like what I'm actually doing is making a difference so that would definitely be like the highs of motherhood recently and it's just like keeping the momentum to keep working on myself so that we can continue to have those moments as a family 
I like that question. So whoever asked this question, I love this next question. Would you say your intuitive healing journey has improved intimacy with your spouse? Yes, 100%. I cannot speak on Chris's experience, but I know for myself, like going through all of this healing was really hard in the beginning and I felt extremely disconnected with my body and myself but as I kept like working through all this trauma my confidence and connection to myself changed the way I was able to communicate with Chris so and I'm not even just talking about like sexual intimacy but emotional intimacy which is like the most important to me I used to be so afraid to share what was on my mind especially with a lot of the the spiritual ideas or the values that I had in my head that I thought were crazy or I thought were perceived as crazy that I had um but as time went on and I continued working on myself those like fears in me fell away and I was not scared to go to him and like talk to him and tell him all of these things and then I mean, he's like my rock now. He's the one person that I can tell everything to and know that he would never judge me or like hurt me based on what I felt or like things I experienced or share with him, which has been so amazing because the two of us, like him and I, we in ourselves, we are polar opposites and he really does not understand or believe a lot of the things that I do but he is such a good sounding board and he always listens and appreciates what I do and what I say and he's super mindful of how I feel and has begun to work on himself too which has strengthened our relationship so much so I mean I would say we've been together since we were 18 years old which is wild so it blows my mind that Like I look back and see everything we've been through that our relationship in itself has been such a journey, but going through my own healing process and healing journey really has changed the intimacy in our relationship and I've never felt so close to Chris because of this like whole healing journey process and we've both been through a lot, but we always have each other to lean on and it's been so so different through the healing journey and yeah I would say like going through this whole process has really brought us much closer together I love that question so thank you the next one I got was what would you say to adult survivors who haven't shared their story or told anyone about their story I would say to find a way to release it from your body. If this is something that you do not want to share with someone and you don't want to, I mean, gosh, you don't need, no one needs to publicly share their story like I did. That's a wild thing to do. Um, But if you don't feel comfortable telling any of your friends or family, I would say um, finding a way to release it from your body because I do know that trauma, like the kind that I went through and this that a lot of sexual violence vic- victims go through, it is stored in your body and you need to find a way to process this and release it. Um, 
that's like one of the reasons why I love alternative healing modalities so much like working with psychics or mediums doing reiki or sound healing any form of somatic healing is so healing for your body and you don't need to fully rationalize or process everything that happened to you in your mind for it to move through you I would say like exploring one of these alternate options and seeing if something like that works for you or going to therapy and speaking to a therapist that is so helpful just using your voice and speaking it out loud if you don't want to speak to someone close to you um talking to a therapist like a third party who you can speak to someone about um that's super helpful but honestly the somatic healing trying a bunch of different things and seeing what feels best for you and your body and working through some of that trauma without having to process it like rationally in your mind that's what I would say to a survivor who maybe hasn't shared their story but wants to work on things um yeah I don't know if that's helpful but that's what I would say is to work on releasing it from your physical body so you're not storing all of that trauma and pain finding a way to release it if if that's something you don't want to talk about even though talking and releasing it through your throat chakra is like one of one of the more healing things you could do I would recommend talking to someone a professional a friend or family or so me oh my god if you want to reach out to me and talk to me I would love to talk to you I could be a sounding board or just hold space um so you can let something out but yeah I hope that helps the next question I got um I really like this question being a survivor of childhood abuse trauma has it been difficult to be fashionable in a fun way that draws attention to yourself, even the icky, unwanted attention. I struggle with this. First of all, thank you for asking this. I was asked this question actually in a human library event, and I loved it so much because this isn't something I really have put a lot of thought into until recently. I have always been someone that like followed the fashion trends and never really thought for myself. I kind of just like went with the herd pack mentality of like fashion and after I started my healing journey I started to really feel in into my body and like find healing tools that work for me and became one with my body and that started to give me so much more confidence than I've ever had in the past and was able to really wear whatever I felt good in but when I was struggling I would notice the unwanted attention more almost because it was like, oh, if I wear something more revealing, I'm going to get more attention or you like see it more often when you're wearing something that is maybe more revealing. But then as I started healing, I kind of would wear whatever I want and be like, okay, well, I don't care what anyone thinks because I am confident in myself and in my body 
and then I didn't really notice like what anyone else was thinking around me or I didn't really care at that point I don't know if that makes sense but I was able to wear what felt good on me and not give a shit about what anyone else thought and another thing this doesn't have to do a lot with um fashion but it kind of does but tattoos became like a really big thing for me I love getting tattoos because it makes me feel more in control of my body I'm not saying I have like a billion tattoos but I have like five or six of them I think maybe five and my most recent one I got a sternum tattoo last year and it is just my favorite tattoo ever and they just have so much meaning and it really brings me back into my body and makes me feel more in control of my own body and I've just loved that process that's been really big for me and I feel like as women we naturally get a lot of unwanted attention so I just decided to consciously like not care or notice it anymore and if someone is like giving unwanted attention and it's like very obvious I use my voice and share how I feel and make sure that that goes away I don't know if that makes sense or if that helps at all but just working on myself built confidence that I never had before and therefore like I was able to really come into my own when it came to fashion and wear things that I wanted to wear I don't really follow the trends as much anymore and I kind of just buy what I want to buy and wear what I want to wear and get lots of tattoos and plan for more tattoos because it helps me a lot so the next set of questions that I got are more geared towards able alchemy and business so these ones are really fun um how did you get into sound baths and what made you decide to get certified in them and what makes them such a useful tool so for those of you who don't know I am a certified sound healer and I got into sound baths because they helped me with somatic healing like processing trauma in my body and I would listen to them on YouTube and I would just wear headphones and like listen to them at night and I, I did it as like a form of meditation and they would normally last about like 30 minutes I liked the longer format because I was able to really like shut my brain down doing them and let my body like heal itself and it was so amazing and transformative for me so I started to look into like the area and see if anyone was doing them in person because I had heard like in person is so much better than just listening on your headphones um and I at the time I couldn't really find anyone in the area that was doing them so I decided to get certified online and I was like well I'm just gonna do it myself like this is amazing like I want to know how to do this I want to have this tool in my toolbox and be able to share this with other people because it's helped me so much so I did like an online course and got bowls and then practiced on friends and family and then from there just like dove into it and really really did it and what makes it such a useful tool just a little bit of the science behind it is that 
Um, I use seven bowls that are tuned to the seven chakras in your body. So the lower frequency pitches are like help your lower chakras and the higher the frequency gets, it helps your higher chakras. And it's essentially like an energetic bath and you lay in meditation or you can sit and I lead you through a little bit of breath work and then the sound sequence itself lasts for about like 35, 40 minutes. And during that time, the goal is to get your brain waves between the alpha theta state and the flow state so that your parasympathetic nervous system is activated and your body can begin to heal itself. And everyone has like a different reaction during a sound bath, which I love. I just think it's so fascinating. Some people may feel like body tingles body chills or heat some people may fall asleep like if you're not getting enough sleep your body needs rest so you'll fall asleep um so we get a lot of snoring sometimes (laughs) and some people see visions or light or like hear things it can be a really like spiritual experience for people which is really cool so I just love the depth to sound healing I just think it's so transformative and every time someone comes like you can come multiple times to a sound bath and you could have a different experience like depending on what you're going through so it's a very healing cleansing experience and that's why I love sound baths so much so I hope that answers that question the next question I got was do you anticipate on offering virtual sound baths yes And I think I'm going to start doing that closer to the baby and like right after the baby because I won't really be like leaving postpartum for a little bit. And I think maybe I'll start offering them virtually so that I know I have some followers that don't live nearby. So that would be like a fun thing if you would like to experience one and listen on your headphones like via Zoom yes, I am going to start offering virtual sound baths. So stay tuned for that if that's something you're interested in. The next question was, what is your favorite part about having a podcast? I love this question because hearing and diving deeper into people's stories is like what I love about this podcast. Even if it's my own, I don't know if these are helpful, but sharing stories and sharing wisdom I think is so important. And we all go through through things and we can all relate to one another on some level. So I think we all have lessons that we can share and gain insight from. The world can be really scary, especially now. It's a really scary place, especially if you pay attention to mainstream media. I just think the importance of human connection and connection to each other, no matter what our backgrounds, views, or beliefs are, it's so important because we are all connected. And in the end, that's all that really matters is that we're holding space for one another. And that's what I hope that I'm doing on the podcast is sharing different perspectives and experiences with people who have touched me in my life in some way and sharing these learnings and experiences that have impacted myself in a big way and have caused me to pause and think and reevaluate. So I just hope 
with every podcast that I do, you gain some insight or knowledge that you may not have had before or can relate to someone on a different level that you may not normally relate to. So that's my favorite part about doing the podcast. The next question I got is, what is the favorite, your favorite thing that you do or service that you offer right now? Okay, one of my favorite things to do is during a sound healing session, this is like an add-on thing that I offer, is like a healing circle within a sound bath. These are like the most transformative experiences. It's where everyone sits in a circle and we do the sound healing session in a circle and create like a safe space for each other. And it is really all about holding space for one another in real time. Um, they're so magical and healing experiences. So depending on what like my client wants to receive out of this or the intention that we're setting, it is like a space to share. And every single person shares something that they're going through or that they're releasing or that they're working on. And we all hold space for one another. And in the end, we realize that we're all like going through something like everyone is going through something. We are again, same thing with the podcast, like we're all connected. We're all going through something. And those healing circles, like I just leave so transformed and like uplifted by all of these different men or women that participate. It's so beautiful. And but yeah, that's just my favorite thing that I offer right now is like healing circles. And I hope like someday that can lead to I really want to do women's circles and really open up the floor to more sharing and connecting. So I just think it's so beautiful. Okay, the next question I got is, is there another aspect of your business or service that you'd like to offer, but you had to deprioritize? Love this question because there always is. I always have things going on in my brain that I want to be doing, but never have enough time for. But one of them, like one of the coolest things that I really want to be doing is like hosting more of my own events, like more mini retreats or new or full moon events. And maybe it's just because I don't have the space right now or I don't really have the time to put it all together. But I had done one mini retreat with my friend Catherine, who's been on the podcast before, the astrologer. And I just loved that event so much. And I really feel called to host more mini retreats and retreats. Um, So maybe that'll be something I do again in the future. But hosting my own events and doing more of those because I over September and October I did the um witches night really release and ignite witches night and those were amazing and I just love hosting like themed events like that or very specific events with like intention and purpose so hopefully I can get back to doing that okay the next question was great it was (laughs) what myth or judgment really gets under your skin about what you do I'm actually going to share a story about this because I had something happen to me over the summer that was just so interesting (laughs) um probably the biggest myth or judgment that gets under my skin is that what I do is like some form of dark witchcraft (laughs) it's so crazy some people do actually think that and I like to consider myself a healer in all areas of my business like my intentions are very pure 
and I work, um, this is why I work with the park district, the local park district on like mini series of sound baths. And there was this one sound bath where I was like in the middle of it. We were probably like 25 minutes in, which is a, a time when people are very Zen and in the middle of meditation. And the only thing you hear is the bowls and it's very calm and relaxing and any other noise that goes on around in the room can really be distracting during a sound bath. So I was in this park district experience and some a woman busted into the room during during the session and was speaking very loudly and was asking me to leave the room because she had said that she had the room booked and it was like this whole big debacle but I am playing the bowls and I wasn't able to leave the bowl station because there were a lot of people still in meditation and actually some of the participants were really upset by this and had gotten up and asked this woman to leave and it ended up being this whole big thing but she ended up leaving and then afterwards she while I was cleaning up my space and where I was, um, I went to her and was like, I'm sorry if there was a mix up, like I had this room booked and all these things. And then this woman (laughs) said to me, um, you actually really scared me. I thought you were doing some sort of seance and what you were doing looks very scary. So I just think that there is this perception of like sound healing and these other forms of healing modalities being like this very dark and scary thing. But in reality, um, what I do has a really high frequency to it. And it's, there are a lot of people that are really skeptical and that sometimes gets under my skin because I don't think you can say something like that until you've tried it. You can't knock it until you try it. Like there's a lot of people in my life who I consider skeptical, but have done a sound bath and said it was like one of the more transformative things they've ever done. So I just, stuff like that really bothers me sometimes because you can't just write me off, write off these practices without actually participating in them first. It's like what I say to my kids, you can't tell me you don't like green beans if you haven't tried it yet, you know? (laughs) So that would probably be the one thing that gets under my skin the most. (laughs) Okay. And this, the last question to wrap it up was, what is your biz what is a business and personal goal for 2024 and how can your friends and support system help you to achieve those goals love this question thank you for asking this um a business goal actually a few business goals i have for 2024 is to create a successful online chakra course and I've talked about that on Instagram before, but I really want to create like an online course to educate about the chakras and do like meditations and clearing exercises for them. Um, because chakra work has been one of the greatest healing tools for me. And I would love to help people in my community with that as well. So that's one of my goals. And another business goal that I have that I hope comes to life in 2024, we'll see, is to get my own local space where I can hold sound baths and events and host clients and record my podcast and, 
yeah, do branding work from a business space. So that is a goal for 2024. That would be a huge dream manifestation come true. So we'll see where that goes. And a personal goal for 2024 would be to really lean in to this new stage of motherhood that I'm coming into in March and really embrace this journey that I want to take in childbirth the third time around. Um, I've talked about this a little bit before, but I really want to give a non-medicated birth. So we'll see where that goes. I just don't want to give up and I really want to research and make my own decisions and really come into my own in motherhood. And I think the support I would need on a personal level is like checking in with me every now and then, quality time over quantity, and on a business level, like sharing my stuff, like sharing my content, even though that seems small is like really huge and spreading the word and rate and review the podcast. I would love that. Oh my gosh. I don't think I have that many rates or reviews. So go ahead and do that quickly. I would love that. <laughs> um, but thank you for that question. And I hope this like Q&A session was helpful or insightful in some ways. I'd love to know if you want me to do another one of these. If you want to submit more questions, let me know. Thanks for listening if you made it this far. And I will see you in the next podcast. Bye. To learn more about Able Alchemy, visit us on Instagram at Able Alchemy or visit www.ablealchemy.com.